0: Welcome, welcome, welcome. This is the Distraction Pieces podcast episode 268. How are you all doing, guys? I hope you're well. I'm joined today. This is one of the biggest ones. Um, I've held this as a secret because I was really excited about it and I'm excited for you to all hear it. But I'm joined today by N- Norman Cook, a.k.a. Mr. Fat Boy Slim. Yeah. How good's this one? I mean, you've not heard it yet, but trust me, it's good. I was really excited to get to drive to Norman's house in Brighton. I've said to mates off record, I've decided it's my my favourite house I've been to. The location's great. The artwork is stuff that I'm into. And yeah, it's, it's lovely. So we got into it and we had a good chat and he revealed some honestly mind-blowing stories. Um, I'll talk more about things at the end. In fact, also at the end, um, one thing that we talk about in this is that I recorded a little while after Thou Shouted came out. Well, we talk about how he hit me up after Thou Shall Always Kill came out, which was the first single I had that kind of got in the charts and everything. And he asked me if I'd record Fat Boy Slim, Just a Band, um, so he could use it live. But we talk about that in the podcast. We talk about the huge places he played it. And when I got home, I emailed to say thanks. And I got an email the next day saying um, he was in the bath that night And he had his iPod on shuffle and the original recording of my vocal with a little intro came on. So I asked him to fire it to me and we're going to pop that at the end of the podcast. So stick around until the end is what I'm going to heavily suggest because you get to hear me recording in my bedroom at my mum's house. Fat Boy Slim, just a band. Uh, Yeah, it's pretty weird. Anyway, I'll get on with it. As ever, we're brought to you by SpeechVulnerableRecords dot and there's Patreon.com dot slash Pip. Before I go though, or before we start, I want to just let you all know as well. Another thing that we talk about in episode, in this episode, is is Lindy Layton and how her and Norman met, how they got together for That'd Be Good to Me," which is one of the you know an iconic tune. And we talk about how great a DJ Lindy is these days. Well, Lindy is is one of two guests. Doc Brown is the other who has been a previous guest on the podcast and has previously smashed it um, at my club night. But they're both guests at my club night um, on May 25th. So in a week and a bit, a week and a half, I guess. When does this come out? 50. So yeah, a week and a half. So come down to that. It's at the book club. Um, it's free before 9pm. It's, I think, a five or after, and then it goes up to £7 at a certain time. It's 8pm till 3am. So we'll be there all night. I'll be DJing. I'll be there. So come and have photos. If you've got anything you want signed, maybe remember to bring a pen. Or if you just want to have a chat, then come and chat. I'll be there. Stu Whiffin will be there. DJ Destruction. Disco Tech Credits. Tons of great people. So, um, yeah, come down to that. The Book Club, Saturday, May 25th. It's the bank holiday weekend. So I'm hoping that a lot of you will will come out to play. At the end of May. Um, yeah, so this is episode 268. God, we're, we're doing a lot. I'll tell you now, actually, as a little sneak peek. N- next week's guest is Dexter Fletcher. Actually, also, it's a really good one, that. But also, if this is the first time you've tuned in, previous guests include, I did a 2 parts sp- special with Liam Howlett. Um, I've had DJ Yoda on, Roots Maneuver, Rob the Bank, um, Mike Skinner oh who else i've had loads of really good people um huey morgan from the fun loving criminals yeah loads of really good people on so check into the back catalogue and uh, i think you might find a few things that that tickle your fancy but for now i'll let you enjoy my chat with norman cook aka fat boy slim I'm joined today by Norman Cook. How are you, sir? I'm. Got, you, technically, you joined me. I've joined, me, joined but, um, you. Yes. Yeah, I've I've, I've. I've been welcomed. I'm joined to today Blackham. by Pip. <laughs> um uh, Or oh, oh, we were just having a discussion on on what podcasts even are. Which is yeah. it's a, it's, it's it's a good discussion to have. a lot of the ones I like the most there's one I've got kind of a podcast n- network and one of the shows on that is called Hardcore Listing and it's these two lads who I've known for years and they have guests on and the guest just does a top five of anything right and that's far more interesting than just it's another interview about my career which again is, is what we're going to be talking about a lot here but still it means that you get these these artists to come on and go, I'm just really into, as we said, art or cooking or whatever. Here's my top five of this and just go into it.
1: I like the fact that there's no real kind of agenda. You've got no, yeah. there's no kind of BBC or, or, or corporation that you're answering to. Yeah. And for me, it's like fanzine. I grew up as a punk rocker. Yeah. And fanzines said things that NME and, and, and IPC magazines 100%. didn't. And, and I think, you know, and, and again, kind of, the whole social media thing—you can kind of broadcast yeah. whatever you want. My daughter, my nine-year-old daughter, watches the most unimaginable tosh mm. that no production company would ever <laughs> yeah. invest any money in doing it. But yeah, it's cheap and cheerful, and it's—it's it's, it's, it's something very honest, I think, about a podcast.
0: Yeah, completely. It's can that, we say fuck? Yeah, we can see, say anything we want. We can say, we stuff like we that. Can say all sorts. It's great, and I don't edit them. The only time I edit them is when I have a guest who says, Oh, can we actually remove that? I said <laughs> right, yeah, I yeah said something
1: really offensive there. Yeah, going, oh, that's the only the downside. Podcast. The only downside of podcasts is whenever I, I'm doing a, a radio interview and I say something has gone wrong, yeah. and then say cunt at the end of it, <laughs> yeah. like knowing that they <laughs> yeah. can't use it. Yeah.
0: There's there's no easy get outs in no, podcasting. No. <laughs> um I mean I think I think we should start things off. Obviously this will be coming out. Yeah, have a you month got any so. kind of agenda? Yeah, or I've just got a load of stuff I want to I, t- I talk about, but the thing we need to get out of the way first is we're recording this on a Monday. Right. It won't mean anything in a few months, but the night, this is the day after <laughs> Millwall Brighton in the FA Cup, and it was a hell of a match.
1: And Oh, my days. I do not want to go through another afternoon yeah. like that. I. Um, it was
0: madness, right? I was, it, it made me laugh, because we'd originally arranged, or we're looking to do this before the game, and then I had to move it, and then it was like, it was only a couple of days before I realised, oh, we're literally meeting up when one of us will have lost out. Well, originally, you were going to invite me to
1: the game, yeah, weren't you? Yeah, yeah, yeah that was I, it. I was flying back from to from a gig, and I literally landed at quarter past one, so I, literally, I got back here just yeah. on the kick-off. Yeah. So we couldn't have watched it together. But, yeah. I mean, this this today's discussion would be very diff- different if yeah. we watched the game together. Yeah, no, yeah. I, I games of like games of football like that do not happen more than three or four times in your life, in, unless crazy. you you support one of the big teams. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. But yeah, for yeah. for the likes of Brighton and Millwall, that was that was one of those epic battles. It was
0: just a hell of a game, and I, I, I posted about it afterwards online, j- just saying, regardless of the result, I fucking love penalties. They're so they're horrible to go through, but it's such an exciting thing to be involved in. That, I, that, that tension, almost, I
1: find them almost too much. Yeah. Almost, I have to kind of leave them. Who's the manager who never watches the game? It looks the other yeah, way. Yeah, I can't
0: think. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. Found, I, I was it.
1: By that point, I mean, obviously, I'd gone through the the horror of watching the first 88 minutes, yeah. in which case, we, you were all over us, and we we just, we didn't, you know. And we again, just, I'm, We just thought, oh, we're better than you. At some point, we'll score. Yeah,
0: I'm, I'm not a braggy guy, but on social media, I was already not saying that we've won, but my yeah. tweets were positive in it's, a way of, oh, my I God, mean, what a
1: day. Yeah, the... The, the weather was on your side, the ref was on your yep. side, you wanted it more than us. I, you know, I'd written us off. Yeah, yeah. And then two minutes from time, all of a sudden, the, the game just turned on its head. Yeah. And, and it turned into something, the, you know, sort of Roy of the Rovers suffer fantasy. Completely, but yeah. my heart, my uh, my. I literally, my heart was. I was worried. Yeah. When it went to penalties, it's like I'm not sure if I could do this. It was intense.
0: <laughs> and again, I would. I, again, I'm, I'm a positive guy, and you can't be a, a Millwall fan your whole life and, and be too easily <laughs> hurt by defeat and, and highs and lows because we've not had much. But I was literally, I was like, when it went to, to penalties and we'd taken off, we'd taken off three of our that penalty one, takers yeah. and had one s- sent off. So it was like, mate, we ain't got a chance. So the fact it went to sudden death, I was like well, this is unexpected in itself. Yeah, sudden death, you see, because you only
1: had 10 players by that point. To sudden death, we eventually would have won it because we had one more player than you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Our keepers would have been out (laughs) having a go. It was, uh, it was money, but... No, I do feel sorry. I feel sorry for your keeper and... uh, And, and but I do have to say, big up for the Millwall fans. The noise yeah. you were definitely the, the the noise of the fans. Yeah, I would have found it difficult to play under those circumstances. Completely, very, very, very great. Support. And they
0: were fantastic. Yeah. And I would feel unfair not mentioning that. I was pleased that it all stayed friendly. No, homo- and, and, and no, no homophobic and no stuff, yet. Because yeah. we've had that this season and I thought it was something that was yeah. behind us, so and I think we, it's Brighton, important so, to speak out. Bright Brighton,
1: Brighton, Brighton, <laughs> Brighton yeah. fans, you, you get used to the homophobic stuff, so uh, yeah. I'd grown
0: up hearing Millwall make homophobic chants at Brighton and, and thinking it was funny because it's just part of, of what I'd known at football.
1: Yeah. And, it, I'm well, and we're all, we're all prepared I'm we're with the, that, you're, you're too ugly to be gay replies. And yeah,
0: you know. yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, that was always it. Brighton and Cardiff were the two that the banter was always my favourite because you guys had come back with great stuff, we'd come back with great stuff, and it would feel friendly. But there is a line, and I'm glad that that line is yeah. being pointed out now. And people mm. are saying, look, you, we want everyone to go and have fun, but there's there's limits, There's there's things that can't be said, and... Shouldn't be said, regardless of where you are. So yeah, yeah, it was lovely to see everyone. So I would just say, yeah,
1: utmost respect to the Millwall fans, and uh, sorry that you didn't. uh, (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah, you probably deserved it more than us. But uh, in
0: in
1: in those eighty-eight
0: minutes, uh, we did. But in those in the next thirty that came, again, it's the beauty of
1: yeah. And don't don't get too overconfident and take take your three. Take your three best strikers off, because yeah, Exactly. if exactly. You think you've won? Think we're done? Or trying to lock up? but <laughs> you then, were just trying to run the clock down by, the, doing, by yeah, doing substitutions. The
0: beautiful oxymoron as well. Which I mean, you—you you, the name you're most known by is an oxymoron. <laughs> me, <laughs> I'm a walking yeah, oxymoron, yeah, mate. So it, the the fact that the game was continued with the last kick of the game, which then wasn't the last kick of the game, because that free kick it was going to be the last last. Kick, yeah. Good of the game, but because of what happened, it wasn't the last, so it's just such yeah. a mad. I love it, I love Excellent. it. But anyway, well, yes. moving on, actually, moving yes. on,
1: can I just give you a, 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 a this obscure fact?
0: Yes, do
1: the word oxymoron is oh. pretty much the same in every single language. Oh, really? Uh, which, which, which really yeah. freaks me out because uh, doing interviews around the world, the first thing they always say yeah, is how you course. get the name Fat yeah, Boy yeah, 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 yeah. and I always go, "It's well, it's what we call an oxymoron." They go, Oh oxymoron!" And literally in Taiwanese, in every single language, oxymoron means the same I guess thing.
0: it's such a weird and distinct word that it doesn't it doesn't particularly sound well, British, it, so it's you know it's
1: kind of weird. But it, I mean, it's a good word in the first place. It, yeah, yeah. I'll, I, any kind of moron is good in my I, book. I love that. Um, well, obviously, there's tons I want to talk about, and we'll go through
0: life, career, all sorts of stuff. But I thought a good pl- place to start it would be kind of our first interactions because it was a mad one f- uh, for me. And so uh, me and Dan Lissak had, had our f- What was, a lot of people didn't know, our first ever single was called Thou Shall Always Kill and it blew up and it got big. And I out of the blue got hit up by you asking if I would record Fat Boy Slim, Just a Band. Yeah. Which I was like, yeah. Of course, and I did. And then I got to see you kind of headlining like O2 Wireless and playing the Just A Band section of Thou Shout and then looping Fat Boy Slim Just A Band. So, yeah, that was a mad kind of initial interaction and engagement, I guess.
1: And one of my first introductions to the power of the internet. Yeah. Because I heard that. Someone sent me a link. I just got – um. I'm a bit of a luddite, a bit yeah, of a yeah. later doctor, and I just got a laptop, and I just got my own email address and stuff. Brilliant! And someone sent me a link to "Thou Shall yeah. Thou Shall Was kill. Yeah, uh, just because you know they thought it'd yeah. make me laugh, and it, and it, I was like, this is fabulous. And then, and I don't know, somewhere along the line, I was thinking. On that, would be brilliant if you. If, if I, well, first of all, well, I was a bit pissed off that you never included me in the list. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> you got the Beatles or Aces, you know, where yeah. was it? Where, what am I? Chop liver? Yeah. So, yeah. Um, and then. And then I was thinking, that would be a really funny thing to have. And then someone said, why don't you just get in touch with him? i yeah. like, how would I do that? And then I can't remember how I got in touch. I but think I it just... might have been th- through Rob the Bank, is is my instinct, because right. Rob the Bank had signed up. Probably. That. Yeah. But it was just a punt. And I just yeah. thought, and you were so friendly. And you're like, yeah, of course I'll do it. Because yeah. so like, I was thinking, this, this guy, he's cool. He's really, he really, you know, and you, you know, you're razor wit. I was thinking, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was thinking, for me, it. yeah, you can say, you know. Fuck, fuck you! If you're important yeah. enough, you would have been there in the first place, you know. Mate. So it was, yeah, it was a bit of a punt, and it's it's great, and it, it's it's you know, and then and then finding out, yeah, and then you, uh, your first rep- was 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 not just, yeah, I'll do it. It was something about Millwall, yeah, and, yeah, right, yeah, and, yeah, know, yeah, yeah. You yeah. immediately sc- tried to get the digging, yeah, so, and, yeah of and our relationship's been based on that ever since. <laughs> yes,
0: exactly, exactly. It was exactly that I'd been. A meaning to have you on the podcast for ages and it was when we were drawing in the cup that I said to yeah. him, I go, well, it looks like we should probably have a sit fate, down. Fate has be. brought us back together. <laughs> but I mean, it was an amazing one because when that song bl- blew up, there was a fear because they're Just a Band bit, it was never meant as an insult. It was meant to say that it's all humans yeah, yeah, it's yeah. amazing that anyone can do this. Yet we did get some people who were like, how dare you say that about this band or that band? So, 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 so it was great to have someone
1: asked to be on the list so you know it's an exciting amount to get to go
0: see yeah i think it's not were, offensive
1: it's I not a, s- aside from the list of uh, just a band people i think you offended quite a lot more people <laughs> in that song yeah yeah <laughs> that that was, <laughs> it was a nice easy let's just yeah, <laughs> you offended pretty bad. much everyone on that record
0: <laughs> had to be done but um so that was kind of my start in music and the great thing about I normally talk about to people about their start in music, but, but you've had like five or six starts in music, so there's there's a lot of things. So, well, I,
1: not to be pedantic, you only yeah. have one start. The yeah, rest but, were kind of either restarts or continuations. Oh, well, well, that's or,
0: it. Definitely restarts and re-inventions, re, 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 rebirths, and yeah, and very much. But when you were, were were growing up, did you know music was going to be your thing? Was Absolutely, that what you were all yeah. about? Uh, I think I was about eight.
1: And the Osmonds came over yeah, and it was a real big thing. They were kind of on the news and everything. And Donny Osmond had a piano with, with lights on it that lit up when he played. Yeah. And he had a leather jacket with his name in studs on the back. Brilliant. And eight-year-old me just looked at that and went, I want, that's what <laughs> I want to be doing. So <laughs> totally. I want a piece of that. And so, yeah, from then on then I just decided, like, you know, like I want to be a train driver or a yeah. policeman or something. I just wanted to be a pop star. Yeah, and from then on, on, I always loved music. I just devoured all pop music, yeah. you know, just off the radio. Uh, but then I was just, I was just really lucky because punk came along when I was fourteen. Yeah, and just at Perfect. the moment when most people would be thinking about learning an instrument, really hard, and you know, this is like you don't need to learn an instrument; just form a band. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's three chords. Yeah. Form a band. The important so, part is come up with a name. We'll deal with yeah, the rest yeah, later. Yeah, yeah, and or to be just to be saying something different. Yeah, yeah. and. And that just turned me on immensely. Yeah. And so that was my sort of gateway in. But, but yeah, where were you at that point? In, you living in
0: Bromley at that point, was it? No, I was living in Rygate. In Rygate, so In right. Surrey, yeah. in
1: horrible suburban commuter. Yeah,
0: and yeah. at that point – Far enough out of London for it not to be an easy darting. Like these days, it's a far easier oh, no, had Croydon. Out, no,
1: we had, we had the Croydon Greyhound a just wicked. up the road. Yeah, which yeah, yeah. Su- every Sunday night, Croydon Greyhound had a punk band on. And we, I saw every single, apart from the Pistols, yeah. I saw every single oh, punk band at yeah. like the Croydon Greyhound. Uh, anyone listening to this who knows those days, Sunday nights yeah. at the Croydon Greyhound, it was literally a, a list of who's who yeah. would play there. So that was my, and that, and that was my entry point of like, I, I actually could do this because i couldn't really play instruments that well, yeah. Um, but that was my into being in. Uh, but then, of course, I didn't want to be a pop star anymore. I just wanted to be in the business. Yeah, you know, like, pop stars, you know, old hat when you are a punk rocker. Yeah, but you know, it was yeah, it was Donny Osmond and his light up piano.
0: I love that. And the it, punk, there's a lot of things it's responsible for, but it, uh, the the a key one is that it was the first in a series of genres that was that was so DIY and was there for you to go to a gig and go w- in the most respectful way possible i could do that like, yeah. like not in a oh that shit it's like no that's achievable that's but, attainable but uh, that also
1: not just i could do that i could be the musician or the star it was like it's all the other stuff that came with it with Yeah, punk came fanzines came independent yeah. record labels came uh poets you know and yeah. and and because the, the, the next one sort of for me was hip-hop yeah and it was the same thing it was like if you if you couldn't DJ, you could be an MC if you can. You could be a graffiti yeah. writer. You could be a b-boy. They all had elements, you know, and, and and you know it was it was inclusive. Yeah, no matter whether you're a musician or not, you could be involved in that in that it, that movement or yeah. that revolution or, or call it what you will. And punk was great because yeah, it, it, just just putting on the clothes was a statement enough. You became yeah. part of this gang, and I mean, one of my favourite things about that whole era was getting the train up to Croydon Greyhound. And in those days, all the all these ted, Teddy boys would be waiting for us. Yeah, f- from the walk from the Greyhound, from the Whitgift Centre back to East Croydon Station, they'd be waiting for us. So we we all have to go in a, like a posse. Yeah, we we'd all wait. We like once like, yeah. like there's thirty of us, right now we can do it because there's safety in numbers. Yeah, and it was like we we were. There was a togetherness in a community, yeah because punks were because everyone hated us you know yeah. it, it, was. it was proper outskirts of
0: of society
1: yeah yeah and um and i i love that i love and that's one thing i think that kids nowadays they they don't have enough kind of um tribes and mm-hmm. and cults we you know in those days everybody was a you know at one point when i was at by the time I got to like six form you everyone was like a mod a suede head, a skinhead a punk. Yeah. A goth. And you didn't have the crossover. And and everyone dressed and, they, and you, you you had, a, you had a, a gang, you had an identity, you had a look, you had a music and everything like that. And I think, uh, you know, I can't remember the last serious kind of youth no. um, cult, you know.
0: I agree. It's because there's, there's so much crossover now. And the key th- th- thing you've identified there with the Teddy Boys and the punks and all this kind of thing is they had identifiable uniforms and yeah. you don't anymore. like like you could yeah and then go and talk to the him and it te- there's a difference hip-hop. between
1: a teddy boy a rockabilly, and a psychobilly yeah 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 and it with their, their own
0: groups and it feels these days it's a good thing in many ways because there's such there's a great diversity in people's musical tastes and people you will see like i, I um, uh, uh, when Thou shout came out it was kind of just at the time that stuff was was really crossing over and we'd have at our gigs punk kids rap kids Dance kids, the spoken word crowd, and all that kind of, thing. and that was a beautiful th- yeah. thing to see everyone coming together. But well, I still had that. That's the good thing, though. That's good. the good thing about
1: the world and the communication and internet is that everyone comes together yeah. and everyone sort of. There. But the bad thing is it because is that we all just kind of become the same. It like, comes great about right? music in the world. When I, when, yeah, exactly. Yeah. When I first started touring around the world, it's like you go to a different country and you just want to go into their record shop and hear yeah, what well, they're yeah, playing yeah. there. You know. And 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 fashion and stuff like that. It would be, now it's everything's kind of global, so it all becomes just a bit homogenised, yeah, and bland, yeah, yeah, for want of a better word. And and it's, it's a shame because there was cults do have their own. You know, everything's kind of very kind of yeah. This is our this is our thing. We don't want you to. This is our it. little and secret. Got, yeah, and we've got our own secret language and stuff yeah. like that.
0: So, so how were your first steps into? Into starting a band, into being in a band, or was it a band first? Did you go and look at fanzines first? I, I, I assume the fashion came first because that's every punk: the look comes first, and then the uh, the, the, the no the band. music
1: the music came first. My brother came home with the first Damned album, wow, yeah. and uh, and said and, and played it to me, and I, and, uh, I think New Rose is side so side so one track one yeah by halfway through i'd already bought the album off of him i'm like this is what i've been looking for this Amazing. is the noise of rebellion and just it's just what a, you know 14 year old yeah. wants so i was totally sold on the music and now, I, I, the first thing i wanted to do was get in a band i couldn't because i lived in my and went to grammar school i couldn't dye my hair and <laughs> yeah, go fat yeah. so it's it about the music and i you know within about two weeks and then Investigated this fanzine culture, and the first fanzine was Sniffing Glue. Mark Perry, and it just said, "Here's a guitar. Here's three chords. Now form a band." Yeah, and we 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 just we went, "Yeah, fine." And so I borrowed. I was drummer for about three weeks in a band, and then I really wasn't a very good drummer. So then I went to singer, and then. Yeah, it's like this, in those days you could just swap between instruments because nobody's yeah. really that good at them. <laughs> yeah, yeah, um, yeah. So the first band I started in as drummer, and then I was singer, and then and then I ended up in, in a band with Paul Heaton. Yeah, and that from that's when we started taking it a bit more seriously. But no, it was just everyone. You know, everyone was in a band. Did you know instantly
0: that Paul Heaton was 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 special? Yeah, because he was really he really is and. He gets his credit, but he's still underrated in in the impact he's had and in yeah. his ability Only songwriting and, yeah. and and performance. Sadly,
1: with that genius comes a kind of difficult nature. Yeah. that He's upset upset a lot of people. Yeah, of yeah, them. yeah, yes. yeah. No, no, I knew exactly. I i he's his band supported my band. Yeah, and I just watched him, and I was like, "Fuck me, you are you are a front man. <laughs> I need you to get, can get him back." Sing and you're, uh, yeah, and yeah, and we yeah. So the two of us just kind of disbanded the band. we in and, and got together. Brilliant. So no, how- yeah, no, I knew, I knew, Paul. I, I could see it for the literally for the minute I was, yeah. he walked on stage. He just, he, you could see he had it. Yeah. So, so how was it when
0: the House Martin started to have a, a success? Because again, we've highlighted that in the punk scene, you you want to be a secret. You, you want to be underground, particularly at that point. As soon as you start to have success, there's you're stepping away from that. You're you're being something else. You know. You said. <laughs> You no longer wanted to be a pop star, and then you kind of started to get big enough to be pop
1: stars. Yeah, so I think you just you downgrade your ambitions from being pop star to being a, a, a professional indie musician. Yeah, or you know, uh, I mean, there was a lot, and I mean, it, it really helped that Paul had such an anti fame attitude. I mean, like, yeah. like you said, he's underrated. One of the reasons is he just he just will not abide any of the trappings of fame. Yeah. So, and, and at that point uh, we were like the minor strike was on and we were doing all these benefits and it we was all very political and like, he thought it was politically bad for us to stay in hotels. Right. You know, we had to sleep on, we would sleep, we would, uh, at the end of the gig, we'd say, we've got a floor we can sleep on. Wow. Because he thought it was too lardy dar for us to stay in hotels. Yeah. And so he was willfully and willfully anti, you know, fashion and glamour and, yeah. you know, this is in the mid 80s. Where, I mean, it's great because I survived. There's no bad picture of me with the, <laughs> the big jackets with the sleeves yeah. rolled up doing tons of cocaine, you know, Yeah. It, we managed to, so we had a very dour attitude. And so I think that was our way of equating the punk attitude was like, yeah, yeah we're successful, but we're still down with the kids, you know, in, you know, in the yeah, same yeah, way that yeah, the yeah. clash, yeah. the clash were a huge band, but they always wanted to be down with the kids. Yeah. they know always doing things that reminded you always that they really cared. Incredible. Yeah, always. Yeah. 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 So we, yeah, we tried to do that and, but a lot of it was based around politics as well, because yeah. yeah, we were, you know, ra- rather than trying to date supermodels and hang out at string fellows, we just wanted to get involved and upset people and change yeah. the world. We yeah, and we really thought we could change the world. But yeah, no, I mean, we were just, you know, they were trying to invite us to string fellows, and we'd be down at whopping throwing bricks <laughs> at policemen.
0: <laughs> oh, oh, how was that then to, to 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 have that rise, but have those. Have those morals because you're going. You've you've pretty quickly here or seemingly quickly uh, got to live the dream that you wanted. Like at eight years old, you said I wanted to be in a band. I wanted to make music, and you didn't have that kind of. Oh, that that's not happened after going do something else. You've looked at that, and you've you've done it. But were you getting to enjoy it? Because again, there is that trap in of if you're if you're inside your own heads or inside Paul's head of of what we should be, who we should be, d- does that restrict you in any way of going, actually, we're living the dream here. We should be enjoying it. I this. loved
1: it. I loved it. Uh, Paul tolerated it. Huey, our drummer, <laughs> left. Huey, Huey, beautiful, lovely man. He, he was a proper hardcore communist. Yeah. And he just couldn't equate anything that we were doing with, right. like, with you know, what life should be, apart yeah. from the music. Everything else we found abhorrent. Yeah. And so he left the band r- right at the height of our fame. Yeah. He left the band. And then, beautifully, about five years later, he ended up in a tribute band, in a House Minds tribute oh. band. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> so he much preferred to be playing at, like, the, the working men's clubs in the tribute band rather than be in the actual pop band that, yeah. that he's in.
0: It's heartbreaking so, all that stuff because well, then you just...
1: do come in with your
0: your your morals and your outlook, but then there, there, there should be flexibility on everything as you're walking into the yeah. music industry and these things, and not not saying that you should throw them away, but you should be able to go well. What's the greater message here? What's the well? Greater good? I think
1: there's, there's a line that you I've constantly trod or tried to tried to follow the difference between acknowledging that you want to be successful and this is what you want to do. <laughs> But also remaining true to you as a human being, and it's yeah. that whole thing about you know, like we with the housemates, we the son and everyone hated us, and they yeah. called us champagne socialists. It's like we don't drink champagne, and they're yeah. like, oh, yeah, but have you, have you got a VHS? And I was like, yeah, I've got a VHS, and they're like, well, oh, that's it. You're, yeah. you're it up because you've got a video recorder. I'm like, no, but you don't understand what socialism is. It doesn't mean, it means what we want is everybody to have a video, yeah, video yeah. recorder. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not, you're not allowed to have a comfortable life. It's like we just want everyone to have it. Yeah. And that is kind of that's my line. And that's my line. And, and when it comes down to fame, is like, yeah, I, I enjoy it, but I don't want to abuse it yeah I enjoy it and and when someone comes up and wants a selfie I i'd go yeah, and i will yeah. do anything for yeah, them yeah, because yeah. that's the, that's the how the how the relationship works not yeah. like oh i 'm more important than you Completely. um so I, you kind of you embrace bits, you keep bits at arm 's length and then you and you just try and do what you can yeah you can't i i you know with the housemarkets, we were so political and we thought yeah. we could change the world. As I've got older, life intervenes, and you know I can't. Yeah. Start, you know, just keeping my own head together, let alone try to change I've the world. Been there
0: myself. I've Yeah, been exactly the same. All I those ideals get
1: battered out of you yeah. by by life. Yeah, uh, but you still then try and keep true to what you're doing. I mean, I'm yeah. I'm djing. I'm djing on a mobile bicycle on the march on Saturday. Amazing. <laughs> And uh, and then doing a benefit for the social, which is um, yeah, you know, yeah, heavenly social, yeah, which is which is something that's so true to my heart, and it's it's in trouble. So yes, yeah, so I'm doing a benefit game for them. Also. So so yeah. I still feel like I'm contribute using the power or the the capacity to generate money yeah. or publicity, trying to use it for some kind of good. Yeah, completely. So so,
0: so how was it when the House Martins came to an end? As said. Huey left at the height of your fame. What was the, how did that all feel? What was the kind of the, the, the turning point of going, look, this isn't, uh, this isn't for any it's of It's just us. our relationship
1: with each other. We just, it, yeah. We, I mean, me, I'd known Paul since we were at school and then we'd been through, it's a bit like losing your virginity. It's like such a powerful thing that you never forget that, that mm. person or, you know. Yeah. And we've been, We'd all had this dream and, you know, being on top of the pops and having records out and everything. And we'd been through it together. And then after a couple of years, we hated each other. Yeah. And we just spent too long together. And and, and musically, I was, I always liked black music and funk music and hip hop. And they, but in those days, Morrissey had decreed hang the DJ. Yeah. Yeah. And so they're like, well, you can't, because I was DJing and putting records out under different names, and they're like, you can't do this because well, our fans can't cope with the fact of dance music. Because yeah. in those days there's a real divide between indie dance music and, you know, hit black music. Yeah. Okay. And, oh, you know, you could be linked. It was a hanging offence, you know, yeah. hanging the DJ. Yeah. And so that was a tension. And then Paul was really struggling with the whole fame thing and yeah. was being, doing some quite oblique Things and we just basically we didn't end up hating each other. And one night we got we got really drunk in a in um, Blooms Hotel Bar in Dublin after doing a TV show, particularly fraught, yeah. <laughs> thing and we just got really drunk and just said, should we just not do this anymore? We're not enjoying it.
0: It's horrible, isn't it? Because you you do end up if 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 you have the success that you want as a band, you will spend more time with those people than mm. anyone else, than your yeah. family, than your other friends, than than any loved ones, yeah. and. That's challenging. Yeah, you know, It's why families up, fall out because yeah, yeah, they spend so much time together. Thing, you know, <clears throat>
1: I, I I had to ask asked ask the band when I could get married. Yeah, you know, it's like when well, you know, I can't get married, that doesn't fit into the album release schedule. You know, man, and man. that, but but also musically, it, it felt like I couldn't. You know, I wasn't allowed to cheat on the band and yeah. do what. And I I, I had, <laughs> I'd met, <laughs> yeah, I'd met someone else. You I'd, know, I'd, I wanted I'd, more I'd than met that. Another yeah, a genre.
0: So so how was that? Because when you started doing uh, Beats International, for example, and and, an easy example of That'd Be Good For Me was you were going into the dance arena, but you were bringing the punk music that you loved. You brought the Guns of Brixton bass line in there and stuff like that. Was that a conscious thing that you wanted to bring together what you'd grown up on and this exciting new stuff that was just over or you'd have to repress I don't, so I don't think
1: it was a conscious thing. I think it just naturally happens. Yeah. I think, I think with all musicians or, or probably writers, mm-hmm. anyone creative, what comes out is, 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 is just a mulch of what came, went in. Yeah. So yeah. every experience from your childhood, everything, you know, it, it, it all it all sort of gets mushed around in your brain and then the creative bit comes out. So there's little bits, little fragments. So musically, everything that it influenced me musically would ultimately come out, in the music that I wanted to make. yeah. So I think WG to me was probably the, the greatest kind of hybrid yeah. of my yeah. love of dub, uh, uh, my love of, of the clash and of punk rock and my love of soul music. But it was all for me, you know, that's what I'd always loved. But in those days it was called black music. It wasn't called yeah. dance music. Yeah. It wasn't called EDM. It was called black music Yeah. and white people didn't make it. And the ones who did, the only ones who did were like level 42 and simply Red, mm-hmm. and, and you had to kind of, I don't know, pretend, you know, he had to pretend to be black. You had to sing in American accent yeah. or, you know, pace, yeah. slap bass or something. And that never sat with me. So I just thought growing up in white suburban England that my my legacy would be, in a, you know, in a white indie band. Yeah. And I was never particularly into that kind of music. All the time, all, all that time I was listening to, to black music. Yeah. Uh, but then a very crucial thing happened. They invented the sampler. Yeah. And all of a sudden, white people could make records that sounded kind of black by yeah. nicking the snare drum, the, the drum, the break beats, and whatever. And then all the Mormon mates who I DJ'd with, like Coldcut and Tim Simmonen, they started putting records out. I mean, that was and that was kind of the end of me in the House Martins. Yeah, was when my mates were having hits, having pop and you hits. Were like, I could do <laughs> I was this. i like, do- this what I've been doing for years. You know, it's, it's, it's
0: f- fascinating that because as much as a career in the music industry for a lot of young kids seems unrealistic i love that even within that they felt like there were restrictions that 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 you wanted to be a musician but as a white suburban a, kid, you thought I well, had to was be a, an indie musician. It that's was all, a calibre. The like, co- it was I like club.
1: apartheid, but it was like inverse apartheid. Yeah, like white white blokes can't can't play black music unless you're really good. Yeah, Do you know what yeah. I mean yeah. like you've got you've got your sort of blue eyed soul singers. They go, hey, you sound pretty cool for a white yeah. guy. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But you've got to be really, really be good. You I mean, like, it's, it's you've it, got to have the chops to to to, to, to you know to, to play up against it, black people. But then with the sampler, yeah, you could just you can chop things up and you make it sound. You can get that grit and that funk. out out of a sampler. And then, because the, the first thing I did, I completely fell on my feet. When the house might split up, I moved back to Brighton. And I thought, right, that's it. The, the dream, It was a great dream, yeah. but it's over, you know. Tried it. And then a friend I met through the record company who knew I was into dance music, he said, uh, oh, um, we've got the, the cold cut just done Paid in Full, Right. that remix. And he said, yeah. we've got the rights to I Know You Got Soul. Uh, by Eric B and Rakeem. He said, uh, could we do something with that? And I went, well, there's an acapella on the B-side. So, yeah, I mean, you could spin that acapella over the top of anything. You could loop that up. And he's going, spin the acapella, loop it up. What are you you talking about? I said, "Uh, look, I'll I'll show you. And I had a a, a, a four-track porter studio that I used to do stuff on. And so I just looped up this Jackson 5 riff and put the acapella over it and everything. Amazing. And they went, that's brilliant. Let's put it out. I'm like, Oh, hold on. <laughs> <laughs> I was just showing you. Yeah. I was just, that was, <laughs> that was a demo. And they went, well, they, they said, well, we have to sort of re-record it a bit better. So they put me in the studio with Danny D yeah. who at that point was like super duper yeah. um, producer. And, um, and he taught me a lot. He really taught, because I'd been spent three years, really watching the engineers and learning and thinking I really like the production side of, of, of being in the studio. Yeah. But he was the one who, who turned me into like a remix or a producer from just being a musician who, who liked the, yeah. he liked the process of recording. And so I, I just fell on my feet and that, like, you know, that, that, I know you got soul, went to number three and yeah. the phone started ringing. there asking me to remix everything. No, a yeah. man. And, and yeah, I I just, yeah, on exciting time, but right? it was all to do with the sampler. The sampler and the drum machine yeah. basically allowed white people to make black music. Yeah. They even had to rebrand it, dance yeah. music. Yeah. Because so, so many of us, us white guys had taken it over. I love it. I,
0: I was listening to a podcast called Off The Beaten and Track and, and Lindy Layton was on it, who comes and DJs at my club night regularly. I love oh, really? Lindy dearly. And she told a great story of just turning up on your doorstep in Brighton and saying, I want to... Make music. I want to. And how was that? Just to be like, hello, uh, and and then that's where it all. That's where it was that'd lovely, be Good yeah. to Me just, came from. It and- was
1: just one of those lovely things, like me getting in touch with you. Yeah. She just really liked my stuff and just got in touch and said, "I really like your music and I kind of sing and you know, want to meet up?". I think the fact that she looked really hot probably yeah. helped. That's why I <laughs> yeah. said yes. yes
0: but then course. we
1: just we just hit it off and. Yeah, the, and because the, yeah, the, the, the Clash bass line had been the B-side of my previous single. Yeah. So, we're, so when we are doing live shows, I had two copies, rapper, singers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I used to just have two copies of, of the, the bass line. She just started singing Just Be Good to Me over it one day, and we were like, oh, that sounds all right. Amazing. So, yeah, it's just those happy little accidents, those people you meet. And those, with pre-internet, it was a lot harder to actually find find people or yeah. get through to them. You had to know someone that knew him, and I can't remember how she got to me, but I'm yeah. really glad she did. Yeah, and 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 yeah, and Lindy has has remained really good friends, and because yeah. she then, because when we did that, and she she went off and wanted to have her solo career, but we stayed friends. And then when I started making this kind of crunchy sort of punky breakbeaty thing that became Big Beat, when I was I was doing that, she she phoned me up one day and said. You know that kind of music you play, sort of like sped up hip hop with a bit of acid yeah. house. Said, "There's this club in London. They play the same stuff. You should come up." And she took me up, and in one weekend she took me to the Hemley Social, right? And yeah. I met the Kems and the Big Kahuna Burger, which yeah. was uh, they were the two clubs. Yeah, and it was just like walking in and meeting your long lost family. It's yeah, All like, oh, right. And so that from that, that was our whole new, you know, like my next kind of punk sort of revolution of like, we can do this ourselves. We can make yeah. all the rules and whatever. But yeah, it was Lindy. Lindy introduced, Lindy That's amazing. was the, the one who picked up on that. So uh, yeah, I'll always say, I mean, she, she's, she's, um, yeah, twice saved my ass.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I love it. And, and, and it's such a, I, I love that. That's why there's
1: the, a tune called Song for Lindy on the first yeah, album. Yeah. To thank her for introducing me to my, to the rest of my family. Um, um,
0: amazing. And it's great that there was kind of a synchronicity in in people
1: finding this
0: new sound or new sounds at the same time. Because I remember hearing, oh, when you exploded, being blown away, and it was, it was you, the Kems, M- Moby at the time, I think, and, and a load of others who had this kind of sound I hadn't heard before. I grew up n- not into dance at all. It wasn't something, I grew up in punk, indie, rock, all sorts of stuff like that. And this was the first time I was going, and, and Prodigy is, uh, as as well at, at, at that time. I think the first time I was going, there might be something for me in this. So, so how was that? When and how did you come to to Fatboy Slim and Big Beat and stuff like that? Uh, uh, was there any s- searching for your own identity? I said, as a white guy playing what you'd started playing as. Being called black music.
1: Before I launch into this, shall we just do something of ha- hammering that's it's, going on? I mean, Is if it,
0: you want, it's, yeah, we can. Well, it's, it's workable. It's, it's It'll like pick it, up it,
1: fine. Sorry, someone's just taking up the stair carpet next door. <laughs> um, no, what happened? It was all. It was Damian Harris's idea. Yeah. Um, basically, I was had this DJ set that which was like I said, we used to play hip hop records at forty five. Yeah. And acid house records at thirty three, and there was just and there's this weird kind of breakbeat crossover thing and
0: that, that that playing him in brighton
1: uh yeah that would be playing and in that, brighton yeah. and uh, I played a club called the uh oh, shake your wig yeah which is supposed to be a sort of sort of fun, jazzy funk club but I started kind of sort of messing with it yeah and so I was playing that and then um it was and then Damien I was and I was making records as pizza man on yeah. Loaded, which is a local label run by mates of mine, yeah. and Damien worked for them. And he one day he was going to get fired because he was just a stoner who never turned up for work. Yeah. And the, and so the, many labels, the, 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 so many the, labels. The, 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 the two label bosses who were really good mates, they went. We're going to have to get rid of Damien. I'm said, you know, are you're you all right with that. i like, and I said, yeah. He, he, he rolls in at three o'clock. gets stoned. <laughs> he plays golf on the computer all afternoon. We're going to have to fire him. So. About a week later, I said, How did the how how uh, firing naming go? They went, We kind of gave him his own label. I don't know what happened. <laughs> we invited him in, and he somehow we've given him a label. And he's got this idea about this kind of house that's not house, that's a bit like hip hop, a bit like trip hop, speeded up, you know. And um, that was Skin. Yeah. And then so he came around and he just said, well, you know that that record you play and that record you play. And the, uh, just records like that. Yeah. Make some records like that. So we invented. The last thing I needed right now was another. Uh, at that point, I was the Mighty Dub cat, so I was Pizza Man. I was Freak Power. That's good. The last that thing that I needed. Hit
0: with Freak Power. and Yeah. The last thing I needed was another
1: alter ego. But yeah. Damien went, oh, look, I'm launching this label. Can you do the first tune for us? <laughs> so, and that was just, it was this kind of, Zeitgeist So, like, this is honestly what I was supposed to do because mm. I'd tried to be a songwriter with free power and I'd tried to play bass and guitar and whatever and I always been all right at all of them and i tried to be a producer and I was all right at them. But DJing was, see, was the thing. That was the yeah. thing I was really good at. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> that was the thing I actually had a natural talent for. Yeah, yeah. The rest of them, I could bluff it. And <laughs> then and, and it was just this realisation that this I could just do exactly what I wanted to do rather than, you know, pretending to sound like Sly Stone yeah. or The Clash or something like that. I could just take the whole of my record collection that was in my head and in my, in my studio and just put the best bits all together. Yeah. And it was I – and mean, that's all – for me, the, the two things – trying to explain Big Beat to someone from Mars was breaking musical rules and boundaries in the same way that Punk did DIY yeah. Ethic. And it's the sum total of your whole musical hit, the best bits of your musical education. Yeah. With mine being growing up with the Beatles, then punk rock, then hip hop, yeah. and then house. Yeah. So it was just like those four, the best bits of those, the hooks, the hooks from yeah. you know, the 60s and 70s pop music, the attitude and the DIY ethic of punk, the breakbeats out of hip hop. Yeah, and uh, the trippy acid, you know, druggy stuff out of yeah. out of house.
0: I love it, and it's 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 your life story.
1: Yeah, in, and, it fact, and all of a sudden it just, it just felt really natural. It just, yeah, it, it, I just went in the studio and just stuff came out, rather than sitting there, you know, like agonising. Yeah, for you know, stuff just literally came out. Really quickly. I mean, some of, the, some of the, the best tunes I did literally took an afternoon.
0: It's amazing. And and uh, the reason I kind of I looked at it as multiple starts rather than a restart or a rebirth is most people, when they have some success and then continue in the music industry under different guys, kind of trade off their previous success or their previous success <laughs> has some currency for them. I'm
1: normally in denial. Yeah, I
0: was going to say the House <laughs> Martins has no currency. I love the House Martins and I love Fat Boy Slim, but... The Housewives had no currency in big beat, dance, black music, and things like that. So it did feel like a completely uh, another start. It seems crazy to have had two completely different careers in that way.
1: Yeah, and the other thing is I I used to get really – uh, offend, not offended, I, d- I didn't like it when people said, oh, you know, you keep reinventing yourself. Yeah. Because reinventing yourself is like David Barry goes, it goes off for six months and he yeah, comes yeah. up with a new character. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Mine was never actually, actually there was no much thought went into it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I didn't actually do it in inventing. I just would just mute out. I'd be doing one thing and then having a laugh, doing something else as a hobby that would b- become way more popular than what I was. I mean, you know, I was in Freak Power and then Freak Power, we would kind of, Struggling to to fill venues and yeah. and and I had eight people in the band and I was I was like the shit guitar player that they, I was the Andrew Ridgley that they had to prop up <laughs> yeah. and then I'd do that and then on my week my weekends off I would DJ and like three times as many people would come and they'd all go absolutely batshit yeah and I was like yeah hmm, hold on we're getting something wrong oh. here so yeah so all my reinventions weren't uh, there's a better there must be a better term because I didn't actually invent oh, it's any just of these alterations and They're developments
0: just, as you said yeah.
1: And they're normally trying to live down the life, the last thing you did. Yeah, or
0: trying to hide from it. Yeah, and be in, yeah so in, I never went on plan.
1: They all just evolved naturally. Rather, I'm not as, as uh, clever or cynical to reinvent myself.
0: So, so how was it when it started to go really well? As Fat Boy Slim has said, that first album just seemed to bl- blow up. the 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 songs were iconic. The videos, the artwork, everything just all seemed to click all at once. It did. It
1: felt fa- fabulous. It felt like it's the sum total of everything I'd learned from the other bands I've been in. Yeah. Everything I learned about how to play the music business, everything I'd learned. Like when I was DJing, I was kind of putting stagecraft in. Yeah, DJs like they learn in their bedroom. They go out and they're, yeah. they're DJing. When, when you've been on stage in a band, you're kind of you're, way, you're much more you know able to perform. So I could put a bit more I had into s- it.
0: A, such a similar. Th- thing in my career because a lot of of hip-hop and particularly uk hip-hop it wasn't good live because they was, were studio mcs but because i'd grown up in punk bands as soon as i'm then touring our live show was all over the place i mean i'd end every gig drenched in sweat <laughs> yeah, remember, yeah. it was a proper it was a proper sh- show and i think that really helped our career in that way because we got known as a really a reliable live band if they've heard of us or not they, that There's going to be a show, and yeah. there's, there's you see, you had that there. from the
1: off. It took me about 20 years to learn that. Yeah, it took me 20 years to learn that. Just being me, me, and being and that kind of performance yeah. turn people on. If it turns people on, don't think about it, just do it. Yeah, and, and yeah. thank yeah. your lucky stars that what you like doing is what they want to hear. Yeah. so you don't have to, you know, be pretending to be someone you're not. Because that was the thing. I spent the whole time I wanted to be. Paul Simonon, yeah, <laughs> for ages. I wanted it to be Mick Jones for ages when he did, yeah. Big Audio Dynamite. I yeah, thought that was yeah, that, yeah, that, that yeah, was yeah. Like I heard that, that was like, blew yeah. my mind. I thought the clash had blown my mind, but Big yeah. Audio Dynamite put the samplers into it and they're bringing in the dub, yeah, they're yeah, in the yeah, sound. and yeah. the dub and everything. Yeah, so for a while, for a while, I wanted it to be King Tubby, uh, and then for a while, I wanted it to be David Byrne, and then in the end, I worked out that just being Norman, yeah. But a slight exaggerated version of Norman, <laughs> yeah. called Fat Boy Slim, whose yeah. Hawaiian shirts are a little bit louder and he, yeah. dr- he drinks a little bit more, Yeah. and he just pushes it a little bit further. He's just a little bit naughtier than I was, Yeah. and just found out that that was that was actually the most popular out of all my. You know, I thought we'd done well with the housemates. I thought we'd done brilliant with Beats International, Free Power, and stuff like that. And then Fat Boy Slim was just like, "No, this 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 is the one. This is what you were meant to do." Yeah, but I. Yeah, I had to do a twenty-year apprenticeship
0: <laughs> to to, <find laughs> to get that to that out. point. Yeah. But speak—I mean, if there's ever a a payoff for hard work, working, playing in your in 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 your adopted hometown of Brighton on the beach yeah. to a quarter of a million people, it, it doesn't get better than that, right? That must have felt so good because it's not the we've invent I've invented this sound in my local clubs in my local venues in my bedroom and now we've gone to London and it's got big or we've gone to America and shown you've yeah. gone no we've made them come here and yeah. to have that must have been it's, yes. a, it's an iconic moment in 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 in, in, in live music history because it was expected to be 50 or 60,000 or something wasn't it and then yeah. it was it's it's one of those moments
1: where you really have to hang on to yourself yeah really hang on to yourself, to stop yourself, actually levitate. Because I was – felt two foot off the stage. Yeah, yeah. But to actually stop yourself, like in Mary Poppins, where to pull them back down. Yeah, 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 yeah. And you have to stop your head exploding because your head is potentially going to get really big. Yeah. Or your head has just got so much going on in it and excitement. And, yeah, it was – yeah, it was about as good a moment in my life. Yeah. I mean, but also tempered by the fact that the danger (laughs) – yeah. Element. I had policemen shouting at me. That, you know, we had to stop it at one point because, be you know, and, and just a fear of people dying, and the fear that, and the feeling that this is you know, we we we're making history here, but it could be for all the wrong reasons. Yes, yeah, So yeah, 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 yeah. it was a lot and, going and, and, on. And I the, mean, that, I, I don't there's think there's been
0: examples of that in history when 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 the festival thing first started and it got too unregulated and there were yeah. deaths and, and, I, I, and, and stuff and like ta- that. So I can understand there's that. I was talking the to, I was
1: talking to the, this, the police safety guy just before I went on and they were running through, like, if this happens, you know, yeah. we say switch the music off, you switch it off. Don't yeah. argue with us, you know. So we're running through all the safety things. And he, and he said to me, by the way, he said, do you have to tell you that statistically two people will die tonight? Mate. And I'm like, what? And yeah. he went, look how many people are out there. They're all drunk. They're on a beach. He said, it's probably not going to be any of our faults. Yeah. There's nothing we can do to stop it, but statistically, that many people on the streets, two people are going to die, and one and one did, which is no, um, and which yeah. wasn't our fault, but still But I still, you know, feel it in my heart. Yeah. Um. But yeah, no. It, but that was yeah. There's that, been a few moments. I mean, this <laughs> is contentious, but I think it was a really good thing that I was very drunk and high on drugs because I don't think an unaltered brain would be yeah. able to cope with with. What I was in yeah. the middle of
0: <laughs> lock into that many people's yeah. psych, a collective psyche as such, and 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 take them all on a journey. Together. Or just or
1: just the fear, or yeah. you know the fear of it all going wrong, or whatever. It's like, Completely. luckily I was heavily sedated, yeah. so uh, I got through it.
0: <laughs> yeah. So I mean, th- that's one kind of amazing. How is this happening? Moment, but as I was thinking through, it must have had a similar feeling when you're suddenly getting. To remix the Beasties or Tribe Called Quest or these people who, again, you would assume are out of reach yeah. from a, a, a white suburban kid, <laughs> you yeah. know, now in the UK, it's these these uh, these unreachable things, and they uh, did huge remixes. And I mean, I, I want to throw Corner Shop in there as as well because that remix was such a, a banging one. But yeah, how was that to get to go? All right, well now I'm the guy
1: it, that's uh, being requested. I don't know. I, I, <laughs> I don't know. Again, again, I was uh, I was quite drunk for most of that time, yeah. which, which is good because it took the edge off it. Yeah, there are moments. I mean, there was, that Bootsy Collins putting his foot through the uh, through the um, floorboard of my studio. Wow! <laughs> Thinking, no, wow! Is, uh, me me, show, me t- showing David Byrne how to play the guitar. <laughs> it's mm, point. Yeah, well, David Byrne had gone to the toilet. My engineer goes. You do realise you just took the guitar off there. You're burning power, You want to go and do it like that, don't you? Yeah. There's, there's, yeah, no, there's so many moments. I love so it. many moments in in where you just think, how did I get here? Yeah. And I've I've got this little thing where I try and take like a mental snapshot. Sometimes when you're on stage at a really good gig, or and and you're just looking out and it's just so beautiful. Yeah. I I I think right. Okay. Just for thirty seconds. So stop and just try and take it all in and try and take it literally a mental snapshot so that, you know, 20 years' time you can go back and remember what this is it's like. It's so overlooked in this industry. Because in most industry of the time so when you're doing these things, you're just in the moment you're going yeah. with it. But someone told me that when, we got, when I got married. Someone said, at some point during the day, you and Zoe just go, walk off, just walk yeah. off up the hill a bit and just stop and look at all your guests nobody's talking to you, just the two of you, just have a little minute just to remember how beautiful it you is. Know. It's beautiful advice because yeah. again,
0: it is, It's. I mean, I was going to say in this industry, in the world that we've built in general now, it's so based on what's next and what are we doing and how are we are getting on to that next point that, w- that we don't take a lot of time to, to sit back and reflect. I've had for years now and all my friends mock me for it, but New Year's Eve, I stay home n- normally on my own and have some good food and watch a film but part of it is i do a bit of a, a bookkeeping of the year as such to go over and go, oh, that was cool. I did that cool thing this year and that gig was great or that acting role was great or this. To try and take a moment to go, ah, oh, this is this is a good life. I'm getting to do some cool things and take it in. Because, as you said, in the moment it's so easy to just go, well, that's done, on to the next thing now. Yeah. I, I, need, I need to rush on. And, and yeah, it's
1: easy to take it for granted as well. Completely. It's easy when... Especially when things are going your way, it's easy to just say, "Oh yeah, right, you know, this is this is my life, or I deserve this." Yeah, I I constantly check myself and go, "Christ, how lucky are you? I mean, how good is that? you know?" And, and I do. I mean, there's one thing about the the restarts of the reinventions. I I am so aware that most people don't get one crack at the whip, mm-hmm. and I feel like I've had four or five. Yeah four or five times I thought, well, that was great. Yeah. It's been great. And now yeah, yeah, yeah. hopefully I'm going to kind of, you know, retire with some dignity and not, yeah. you know, yeah, yeah. <laughs> when my number's up, I go, well, it's been great. And, and yes, I, I'm, I'm constantly humbled and and full of gratitude for the fact that I've, I've, I've felt like a cat with nine lives Yeah, to be able to still be doing what I love, still enjoying it just as much as, as ever. And, it's, uh, and, and I, yeah, I'll never take that for granted. I think the day you take that for granted is the day you do become a wanker and then and then it will disappear. Completely. Well, do you feel you've had to take some
0: actions to make sure that you can, can keep doing this? You mentioned, or we've mentioned a couple of times being heavily s- sedated with drugs or alcohol at this gig. What's your relationship been with that? Because when you start to rely on it, to calm you before a show yeah. and to up your enjoyment. I'm not saying it's purely medicinal. Yeah, but yeah, yeah, there yeah. is an element there where you can get in the habit of, I can't do this without this. Oh, yeah,
1: yeah. That got completely out of hand. Yeah. And uh, I ended up in rehab. Yeah. And uh, as of two weeks ago, I've been sober for 10 years. Amazing. So that Congratulations. that had to change. Yeah. That had to change. And that's uh, that helps in bringing you down to earth if you actually are... <laughs> On Earth, rather yeah. than on another planet.
0: Completely. So it's yeah. understandable as well because, as said, you can b- build that reliance on thinking. Oh, definitely. They oh, yeah, need yeah. me to be yeah. drunk. Yeah. Well, when, I got, when, I got, <laughs> when I got
1: sober, I, I, you know, in all the, 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 the rehab talks <laughs> you have, it's like when I get out, I'm not sure if I've got a job anymore. Yeah. Because I've never so I've never DJed sober in my life. I'm DJing to a load of drunk people. Yeah. And how am I going to connect with them if I'm sober? So I I wasn't sure that I could. Again, how, you know, how I'm, was it the first time you went back I, to oh, it? First I was, so I've, all those things about when you say uh shitting myself. Yeah. Weak at the knees. Yeah. I i was, there were actually physical things that happened. Yeah, yeah, I really yeah, felt yeah. like I was going to shit my pants. Yeah. My knees were just buckling. I was just rigid with fear. Yeah. And for about the first 3 or 4 gigs I had this inner voice because normally I did everything on instinct. Yeah. And and, and Sedation, yeah, or yeah, you know, yeah. whatever you call it, yeah. being in the moment. Yeah. I found this in the voice going. Kind of, should should you, Are they enjoying it? Are they really enjoying it? I mean, they are there, but there's people down the back. Are they really enjoying it. Yeah. You, what are you actually doing? I mean, you make, you're playing a load of scrochy noises and waving your arms around in the air. And like, should you be doing this at your age? And all these just yeah. doubts and thoughts yeah. and everything. And then the other part of me began, shut up. It's all right. They're, they're loving it. Yeah. This is what you do. You've been doing it for years. It's, you're good at this. Yeah. Don't worry. And I was like, it's just, and then it's like, "Oh no, we shouldn't be having this conversation. Let's get back to work. Like, yeah. We'll have Let's this conversation later. On. I'm talking to myself. <laughs> yeah. That went on for about four or five gigs. And then I did one gig in, I did a really big festival in Japan where the crowd were just so, I was just, they, I was just feeling so much love and it became natural yeah. again to do yeah. it. It, and and I got and I just got intoxicated by the crowd. It's a great without moment. Needing...
0: It's a great moment when you realise that you maybe needed alcohol in the early days because you didn't know what you were doing. So it's <laughs> that is giving you that confidence. Whereas now you do know what you're doing, yeah. and it's it's a great moment when you have that realisation. Oh no! Again, I think yeah. when you start performing sober, it's when you really start to. Get to accept. Oh no, I do deserve to be
1: here. I do know what I'm doing. I have done this. You know, I've got. I've, I've. I've developed my skills here. Yeah. No. No. I'm not sure about. I'm not sure about that. I think what I've learned to do is just switch that inner voice off. Right. I don't take that voice on stage. With me. Yeah, yeah. I still you have do those doubts. <laughs> yeah, I have the doubts at other times. We'll
0: have that conversation <laughs> yeah. when we get back to the hotel. Yeah.
1: Now <laughs> I've I've learned that I just I I surrender myself to the excitement that's going on in that room yeah. and is, it be, it becomes this not a vicious circle. It's the opposite of that. The more excited they get, the more excited I get, and the more intoxicated. I mean, if you ask anyone around me, I become a different person on stage, and that person really looks and acts like they're completely high as a kite. Yeah. And I don't know whether it's euphoric recall or there's still so, yeah. many, so many narcotics still floating around in my head, but something happens, and I, yeah. I'm high. I'm yeah. high for those two hours on stage. It's, it's it's perfect. I, I always remember again. I had a,
0: a realization because because someone had asked, "Well, ha- how do you keep up when you're pl- doing a tour? You're playing the same songs every night, this and that." And the thing I realized was it's a different crowd every night. Right. That's what makes it special. There's no yeah. It's 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 the crowd that makes the, the difference. It doesn't feel like you're doing the same songs every night because it's a different crowd every time, and they're the ones that that make the gig exciting and special. And, Give you that high yeah, and
1: keep it And, yeah, and some, some nights is a bit harder. And some nights they're just feeding, you know, they're just. Yeah. Like, I remember having I remember this funny, great afternoon. There was some gig I'd done uh, that was streamed. And um, I, I stupidly started reading the comments, which yeah. I, don't, I, don't, I don't recommend anyone no. does. Unless, unless you've got a cast iron <laughs> yeah. ego. and you. <laughs> right. So I started reading the comments and someone went, I thought he was supposed to be sober. He's off his nut. And someone went, no, he is sober. And then somebody else went, he's no way is he sober. Look at him. like. And then they were going, <laughs> he's coked off his nut. Look, he keeps sniffing. Look, he's coked off his nut. And then someone went, no, 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 ketamine, in. And then someone's going, like, no, I think he always liked pills more than anything. And there, there was this whole conversation <laughs> about what drugs I was on. And, and I, there was nothing. it. Was it was just, I was just, uh, yeah, just high on. You have that extra thing because you're actually – verbalising, yeah. you're communicating, yeah. which is obviously the You've best, got best way of communicating direct is, actually, connection. is direct <laughs> communication. Yeah, I have to one. do it by I arm gestures yeah. and stuff like that. But there's something very is something about the 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 volume of the music playing Music you love really loud, and watching people's reaction to it, and feeling their excitement, and watching them getting losing their shit, yeah. and getting high, and snogging each other, and you know something about that just has the same effect on me as yeah. as, as four vodka and Red Bulls. Yeah and 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 it's great because afterwards I can just go I can just go to bed rather than carry on having another lover, yeah for rob Fogger. and <laughs> and yeah <laughs> it's, it. but it's yeah it's 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 a it's an intoxicating thing and and but also quite addictive, yeah, that's why at age fifty five I've absolutely no desire to give it up
0: yeah or, or what was the what what caused you to give it up at one or to stop as fat boy sl, slim at least at one point and then come back and return to that because there was no. A gap, was there not? No, was that it, was an internet rumour. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that was one off the. Because I know you were doing the Brighton Beach Authority stuff and doing. No, the the, 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 the BPA was. Like,
1: no, the BPA. Obviously, there's. there's uh, every career has its upside down. No, the BPA was um, supposed to be a Fatboy Slim album, but the record right. company didn't like it. Oh, all right, all right. <laughs> so, Wow, so there you we go. We put it out ourselves. Yeah. Uh, but that was. I mean, that. But that was the 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 end on the last days of my drinking yeah and I probably wasn't the loveliest person to be around right, at that point yeah. and I probably wasn't making the best decisions and whatever but yeah for whatever reasons the um the record company didn't want to put that album out so we put it out yeah, we, yeah, yeah. It, it was supposed to be the the Fatboy Slim duets album right yeah 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 <laughs> that's, that, that was when I was making it that's what it was <laughs> I love it so 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 was it uh, when when you dropped
0: um, Eat Sleep Rave Repeat, it seemed to be a real your love for all of it seemed to be there again, and or, or not there again, but again if you'd gone through re- re- rehab and, and whatever else, it felt like you'd found. No, your sound no, again.
1: no, no. See the, the the only thing about being a DJ yeah. is that most of what you do happens after two a.m. in the morning. Yep. Yeah. And yeah, that's it a great point. Doesn't make the papers unless something re- unless someone dies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And people don't realize you're doing it unless they're there at two a.m. Yeah. in the morning. Yeah, and so a lot of people think I, I I've retired or something. You know, three weeks out of rehab, I was back playing again. Right, and I Fantastic. play every year, all year round. I do about seventy-five shows a year. Love it. And what I, the only thing I I stopped doing was putting records out. Yeah. Um, and it just became a DJ run, the DJ producer and an artist. Yeah. But no, I, ne- I never stopped DJing. It's yeah. quite funny. Because you go, oh, yeah, you know, and he's back. Yeah, like, back from where? Didn't, didn't go anywhere. Um, but no, that. I carried on playing. And and it, but it's it's quite nice because it reminds me in a way of the punk thing. It's like this. It's a it's a cult thing. Yeah. Because there's a certain set of people who recognise me who've been to one of my shows, and we've had this. Evening together, we've had this yeah. bond and connection and collective euphoria, and we've had a good yeah. night. And when I bump into them in the street, they, 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 they we have a warm handshake. And I was like, yeah. How's that, "That show!" am like, "Oh yeah, that was you know. great." <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's something that's outside pop being a pop star. Yeah, and it, and it doesn't make the gossip columns in in the in the tabloids. Of and it doesn't, you know, it doesn't even end up on Resident Advisor. yeah You know, it's 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 our own little thing, and. It's a, it's a, There's a lot of us doing it, but yeah. in a way, it's below the radar in the way that punk was when it started, I, and that the, the yeah. acid house was when it started. And I, I, I like that because I going to say I like that because you know what I it. love the most because when, the, when it was really the fat boy thing really exploded, and then when I got married to Zoe and everything, yeah. when we were tabloid fodder, of course everybody, everybody recognises you. Yeah, right? everybody in the street recognises you, whether or not they like you or yeah. approve of you. Yep, yeah, yeah. Now. My life is at a level that the only people who recognize me in the street are people who like me, yeah, and i that's, that's the
0: perfect <laughs> a level yeah. of fame to be at yeah. right It's only the confluence. How did you find that then because again, coming up in the house martins and being so anti fame, there was a period where you and Zoe were so under the microscope and so as you said a, a tabloid fodder there. How did you handle that as as a person
1: as 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 people as a you know um it's quite a lot of sedation, yeah. Quite a lot of me and Zoe are very similar like that, and we were both in the same boat. So yeah. we talked each other through it. Yeah, we definitely keep kept each other's feet on the ground a lot. Yeah. Whereas I think if one person were doing, it, it's like ah, this is all happening. We would just be like, right, okay, right, don't, you know, <laughs> you know, we pick each other up. So you forgot to say thanks to that waiter, you know. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, so yeah, we kept yeah, each wicked. other kind of grounded. Like I said, a lot of sedation, but it was it, it was. A bit of a roller coaster for a couple of years. It yeah. was like, hang on. But I just, I, you know, it's become more private. Yeah, didn't used to go out so much. We, would you know, we'd have parties. Our friends would come around to our house because we just didn't feel, yes, you know, uh, relaxed in the yeah, in, completely. In, in. So you changed your lifestyle a bit. I mean, I remember, I remember my manager saying to me when when I started seeing Zoe, and he said, "Is it true?" And I was like, and he said, he said, another, no, I think it was when we got engaged. And he said, "You know if you marry so boys like your life will never be the same again. Yeah. You're now going to go from this, this level of fame that you've been yeah. into a list, tabloid fodder, oh, you know be Such aware a weird of that.
0: thing to be added onto a relationship." chef isn't it a weird pressure to say here's well, also
1: what you agree it, it was it was all part of the guys. I mean I would never moan about anything yeah. I would never moan about the pressures of fame I'd never moan about tabloid attention yeah. you live by the sword you die by the sword if you caught sure. publicity if it turns around and bites you in the arse you can't complain yeah. and at that moment I was just it was just a purple patch in my life where every tune I was doing just seemed to flow effortlessly yeah, out and be great yeah. and everyone loved it. I've just met this beautiful girl who yeah. seems to love me and we're getting married and we're having a child and, every, you know, it was like, it was a great moment in life yeah. and that it was such a roller coaster that, you know, you just, you just hang on. Yeah. Yeah. You completely. just hang on and go, woo. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah. This. this is great. Um So yeah. <laughs> and, and all those things seem to, ha- it's, it just seemed like, uh, like I said, all the groundwork i had done, all the apprenticeship I've done, mm. of learning my craft and everything—it all come together and add add the the, the Zoe bit and, and that—and it was just, you see, if I'd had that kind of fame and that kind of attention when I was twenty-one in the House Martins, yeah, I would have been, you know, yeah, on crack within yeah. within two weeks, and, yeah, you know, <laughs> yeah, 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 I w- yeah, I would, you know, I wouldn't have been able to handle it, yeah. But that again, yeah, I'd had, I'd had. You'd have the experience. Fifteen to get years. There. Fifteen years of get experience of minor fame. So yeah, it didn't it didn't take its toll too much? Yeah, get you know. Yeah, you give. I mean, there's a lot of stuff about you know, like Avicii and people like that. Give people too much too when they're too young and they mm-hmm. don't know what to do with it. It's what it's why
0: I can't get on on board when people are furious about any insert name of any young star, Justin Bieber, Miley Cyrus, whoever else. It's like they've had. A ridiculous. Like they've had that crazy level of fame at such yeah. a young age. They uh, might be a cunt, yeah. but, but, but but they're
1: justified. Like it's not yeah, really I mean, their fault. Justin can't Bieber really... is never going to grow up like a normal human no, being. Of course not. He, of course he's not. How could or he? Or Macaulay Culkin or and Michael again, Jackson? You know, it's like
0: that doesn't excuse it. But it still it means I can't get that mad as a as a grown no. up myself. Get angry at these people for
1: no, for and, it's, and it's, it's sort of kind of inevitable. You're sort of waiting. You know, you're waiting for Miley Cyrus. Yeah. To- yeah. Or Taylor Swift. You know, they're all going to have this point where it all comes crashing down. Exactly. You find out, yeah, that they secretly think they're a giraffe or something like that. <laughs>
0: exactly that. Well, as we've, we've 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 gone over the hour, Mark, I'll, I'll, I'll wrap things up now. I want to end on talking about um, another sh- uh, sh- shared thing here in, in art, and specifically Riker, who I've worked oh, right. with a load over the years. I've known he's I from did. around oh, my right. way. I've, I've known Riker. He's made t- two different action f- figures of me. Which which are two of my proudest All things. Right. I'll send some your way. I'll, I'll I'll get some out to you. They're amazing. Just he made a, a Star Wars one and a, a He-Man style figure of me, which is just <laughs> amazing. But uh, you've had a lot of his art and, and, and worked with him on stuff. He, he, he's made his
1: name doing a lot of smiley face yeah. stuff,
0: and it's it's fantastic. What is it about his art and art in general that kind of? Well, that's how it started. We you?
1: um I well I I just. I love art. I'm colourblind. Right. So I kind of like pop art and yep. street and, and come from a hip hop background. I've always liked graffiti. So street art's my favourite thing. Uh, I had about three Riker pieces that people have bought for me because of my smiley obsession. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm an international smiley collector. So, <laughs> yeah. And then he found, he sort of got wind of this. So yeah. he just got in touch. And, uh, you know, again, it's just these sort of the mutual, yeah, respect appreciation, thing. yeah. appreciation. And then you think what maybe we could, what, you know, what could we do together? Yeah. Yeah. We've done it, a few different things over the, I can't remember which one came first. He either did some artwork for us or anyway now he he does live painting yeah at the at my gigs yeah he paints the merch for people he does custom t-shirts amazing uh we've done collaborated where we both we customize things we take like a the Lambretta, and we paint it. We, we customize it. Yeah, uh, and we're doing. Yeah, we might be doing an art show thing together this year. I can't. It's talk the about perfect right collaboration. Now. But it is, though, it is right? because to yeah, get to go
0: right. I'm, I like your work, and you like. I, I love let's... your. I, I love
1: your art, and I can't do it. Yeah, and he loves. He loves my DJing, but yeah. he can't DJ. Yeah, so it's completely just like the two. Uh, and yeah, and and he's a great player and we've got a, 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 a very similar sense of humour. Yeah, and so yeah, it is just an ongoing. Project. I mean, it's, I'd say it's a two-way street, but he gives more to me, I think, than I give
0: to him. <laughs> no, I'm sure it's, it's definitely but two-way. He, uh, yeah, he.
1: Yeah, he, and, and but also he, he he's got the same irreverence. He like he likes breaking the rules of, of what a, you know what an artist should do. It's, it's
0: why all our collaborations have been. Or, or what mental sh- shit can we do next? Yeah, said, yeah, making yeah. action figures. No one's asking for Scroobius Pip action figures until we went. There's some available <laughs> and yeah. then they go crazy. Have cause... you seen the
1: Smiley World Cup he made? Yeah, yeah, I've
0: got one. I've got one. He he gave me one of the of the limited ones he did at the time of uh he did a a your one. They're amazing. Just yeah, the smiley face is the head of the World Cup is the uh,
1: But that the, yeah, that I mean that at the moment is my my biggest love at the moment. I've kind of I've got over the restaurant I've sort of got into the restaurant thing, but yeah. I've kind of uh, plateaued out on that, and that yeah. sort of just runs itself. But our collaborating with artists is my favorite thing at the moment, yeah. which is quite an interesting concept because I, I can't do any art. <laughs> I'm colorblind. I can't draw. I can't yeah. play. But how to collaborate with artists without actually me doing any art. Yeah. So there's a, there's a Portuguese guy called Veals yeah. who uh, I dj DJed uh, at his show unannounced and then we're using his some of his visuals. He does really uh, ultra slow-mo stuff. Um, uh, and it's slow my explosions. So, right, started including that in my live set. Wicked. And then there's, uh, another guy called Bordalo, 2, who's yep. another Portuguese artist who makes stuff out of rubbish. Yeah. And we got him to make a, a seagull at our cafe down the road. Amazing. An enormous, um, seagull made out of old wheelie bins and, oh, my, wow. My daughter's t- plastic toys. And I love then it. there's, uh, it feels not, like it's taking a, the, the, your experience as a
0: producer, because part of a producer's role can be to get the talented yeah. people to, yeah, to yeah, do yeah, what yeah. they do best. And it feels like it's taking that, but doing it in the art world of going, right, here's what
1: here's what, yeah. Or j- or here's just, what we Yeah, or need. just financing, just, just being yeah. a sort of patron of it. Yeah, uh, Yeah, I mean, because my, like, my last yeah. art, art uh, happening was last week wandering around the streets of Nottingham with Riker. Yeah. Give, uh, giving away, we called it Acid Drop. We get these little plastic smileys, yeah, which we number and sign. So yeah, like a, um, I can't show you on a podcast, obviously, but they're little little works of art, yeah, which um, apparently go for about two hundred and fifty quid on eBay. Yeah. and we just go around town and we just put them places. I love it. And just leave them for people, fight and then and then we just put do an Instagram going, look around uh, you know, anyone it. in Nottingham. We just did an acid drop. I love and it. Things like that, I love. Yeah, things it's like that. Great. He, you know, all I do, actually, I just, I number them and sign them back. I've yeah. got my logo on it. And, it. and he does all the hard work, but we have the fun.
0: But it's what I love about Riker as well is he's, he, his work does sell for crazy amounts. He's in, incredibly successful, but
1: at well, the same time, we'll whenever we're working
0: together, it's exactly the yeah. same. It's like, so what should we do? Is that, And I'll always be, how much is that going to cost you? Is It's is like, let's just do it. Let's just, I'll make it work. We'll do it. And it's like, all right, well. Let's do it then, because yeah. again, it's for the it's it's finding what's right and what
1: works. Well, I think that's what something that probably both of us have been in in the entertainment business long enough to know is that the people who do it for the money they come and go, and yeah. the people who do it for the love they're the ones yeah. who, who kind of they they endure completely. They endure because they don't give up when the when the when the money's not rolling and, in, they still and, carry on doing and it. And the second you
0: try to do it for the money, is the second it all falls up yeah, all falls apart. Like any time I've tried to write a hit. It's been like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. nah, yeah, nah. Yeah. It's not. It is, it's, I'm writing awful stuff now, and every time I just go, let's just write a song. They're the ones that are successful and yeah. work and that's, stuff like
1: that's, that. that. I think that's one of the saddest things about the, the death of vinyl. Yeah, is the de- It's the the death of the B side. Yeah, it's trying to explain to my kids the concept of a B side. Yeah, it's like, what, what is the B side? Yeah. Well, it, well, it was not good enough. Well, it, it was like this sort of throwaway tune that. Didn't have to be on the album, and or yeah. you could just muck about, you know. But some of the greatest tunes in the world started yeah, as B sides. Yeah. That'd be good to me. Yeah, as yeah. side. That's amazing. Well, I'll end it there. Thank you
0: very much for your time. I guess what's ahead? It's a weird one to ask when the career
1: has been
0: going for, for so long. Is there a plan?
1: There's no, no, no. We gave up having plans about. <laughs> About five or six years ago, we gave up Great. having a plan, and we found out that if you don't plan anything, more exciting things happen. Yeah. If you plan something, then you'll only be disappointed because it probably won't happen. Yeah, yeah. But I think around the time doing the Olympic closing ceremony, we're like, you know what? Let's just see, it. <laughs> let's just see, it and see what what mental things fall into our lap. Yeah,
0: yeah. I love it. Well, thank you very much for your time. It's been right. it was a pleasure. Nice one. you've been listening to scroobius pips distraction pieces there we go that was norman cook i'm going to do a double outro here because i'm going to intro now as i said at the start norman found the recording of me doing the fat boy slim just a band thing so let's let's listen to that buddy peace drop it hello mr cook it's scroobius pip here um I missed you at Coachella. I didn't get to say hello or anything. Um, sorry about that. Would have been nice to, to say hi. Um, but anyway, yeah, I'm just going to record these quick. Um, the sound quality's not great, but it's the exact same microphone um, system and bedroom in my mum's house that I recorded the original in, so it should tie up just fine. Um, I'm going to do a macapella, so I'll go over it a couple of times. Um, and then, yeah, you can just cut whichever bits you like and should be should be usable. Cheers. <coughs> Me. No. Not really. Fat boy slim just a band the bpa just a band fat boy slim just a band the bpa just a band fat boy slim just a band the bpa just a band that should be enough shouldn't it i'll do another one more laid back i can't remember how i recorded the original <laughs> fat boy slim just a band the bpa just a band fat boy slim just a band the beat that's it that does it cheers mate There we go, a little trip down memory lane. Um, If you're into trips down memory lane, funnily enough, the first Monday of the month on patreon.com slash rubiuspip, I've recalled a spoken word piece. And the way I do it is I'm going through old hard drives to find old pieces that either were never released, um, that I maybe only did live once or twice, or things that turned into songs on albums and stuff like that. So that's over at Patreon. It's only a dollar a month, um, and you get... yeah poem of the month and you get a walk down memory lane as well of distraction pieces rewind where I go back and talk about highlights and behind the scenes stuff of previous episodes but I won't bang on about that too much ain't Norman great um I, I mean I should also mention I've had Riker on the podcast obviously we talk about Riker a little bit towards the end there artist I've had Riker on R-Y-C-A he's a good lad he's a good lad as said I'd love to see a lot of you at We Are Lizards on May 25th at the book club lindy leighton in fact norman if you're listening and you're about come on down have a little dance so yeah that i think that's all i need to tell you i've got dexter fletcher on next week and it's a fantastic one really hit it off um so yeah i will see you all next week until then ta-ta